Hello and welcome back to Pastoral Parsha. I'm Hody Nemus, a third-year rabbinical student at YCT Rabbinical School. And I'm Michelle Friedman, Chair of Pastoral Counseling at YCT. In each episode of this podcast, we explore psychological insights gleaned from the Torah portion of the week. And we also share with our listeners concepts and techniques that are taught in the Pastoral Counseling Program at YCT, where we try to integrate Torah wisdom and contemporary understandings from modern psychology. So this week, we're in the third Parsha of the Book of Genesis, Bereshit, Parshat Lech Lecha. And our theme today is double standards for treating people. And a few more words on this. We're we're continually impressed by the human honesty of this text. Something that comes up again and again is the turbulent story of these great characters, their forefathers and the foremothers, struggling with themselves to achieve a holy purpose. And today we're going to focus on a difficult story, the story of two great people who stumble, Abraham and Sarah, who treat the slave woman, the Egyptian, Hagar, differently than they would expect to be treated themselves. Let's go right to the heart of the story in chapter 16, verse 5 to 6. Vatomer Sarai el Avram, Hamasi Alecha, Anochinatati Shivhati Bechekecha Vatere ki Harata Vaikel Beineha, Ishbot Hashem Beniu Venecha. And Sarai said to Avram, The wrong done me is your fault. I myself put my maid in your bosom. Now that she sees that she is pregnant, I am lowered in her esteem. The Lord should decide between you and me. Vayomer Avram el Sarai, Hinei shivchatech biyadeich asila hatov beinaich vata'ane Sarai vativrach mipaneha. And Avram said to Sarai, Your maid is in your hands. Deal with her as you think is right. Then Sarai treated her harshly, and she ran away from her. This parsha is the debut of Avraham and Sarah, and through them the debut of the Jewish people, the land of Israel, and the Jewish mission. And it involves quite a great deal of of, uh, examination of the treatment of others, both with double standards and without. Avraham perhaps treats Sarah with a little bit of uh, questionable behavior when they go down to Egypt. He passes her off as his sister, and yet he treats Lot quite humanely. Uh, When it comes to the end of the Parsha, the entire household is circumcised, all the males, both the servants and uh, and Ishmael, his son, Avraham himself. Um, but in that Parsha as well is this, this, uh, surprising episode where Sarah is barren, she can't have children, and she asks Avraham to take Hagar, her maidservant, as his wife, and Hagar conceives, and then of course, as we just read, she is driven out of the house by Sarah, who finds that she, that Hagar has become full of, um, arrogance, that's what she tells Avraham. So Hody and I are going to do a brief role play that illustrates this theme on a lesser scale, perhaps, but a modern one of questionable behavior towards somebody in a vulnerable position. I'm going to be Shuli. Hody, you're David, and we're expecting our first baby. 
We're thrilled. We're excited. We're making plans. We're picking out names. We're picking out furniture. Thinking about a baby nurse for the first week or two. Shuli is 34. She's not really familiar with baby care. And she has a history of migraines, which flare up when she doesn't get enough rest. So this discussion about a baby nurse has been a big thing in their household. So David, I know we've been talking about this baby nurse thing for such a long time, and I know it's a huge expense, but I just heard about something fabulous. So you know Leah, who um, works in the same office, she told me about this amazing agency, and they get these women from the islands. It's called Cradle Keepers. And these women come up for like, you know, just the extent of the tourist visa, three months, and they are rotate through and do baby care. And when their tourist visas are about to expire, they go back. Agency. So it's a, it's a from thing. This is, it's definitely okay. run by from people. And these nurses, you know, while they're not Jewish themselves, are familiar with the kosher household oh, and Shabbos and everything. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And it's a great deal. Really? It's amazing. I mean, you know how much a regular baby nurse can cost, like, whoa, you know, $150, $200 a day. These women charge like $500 for six days a week, 24 hours a day. 24. Yeah. Well, get the number. I mean, right? Isn't that? Wait, but. Why? Well, I'm just just doing the math in my head for a second here. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's below minimum wage. Hmm. Yeah. Well. Well. Uh, are they getting Are they getting more money from the agency? No. No. The, that's the agency takes a clip from that money. Well, hold on here, Shuli. I mean, right. That doesn't seem quite quite you know right to me. Not so yashar. These people coming. I mean, this is their their full livelihood while they're here. I don't think that's well. So. Considering, look what what do you think they're making in Barbados or in uh, you know wherever they're coming from? Okay, but I mean, it's not. It, it doesn't matter if they're making less there. It's still first of all, it's the law to pay them well and pay them on the books. And also, I mean, I think it's just ethical to give them uh, uh, you know what the going rate is here, right? I mean. I can I I can't argue with that, but can we afford it? Look, in theory, yes, we can afford it. Will it stretch us? Yes, if we if we take somebody with a higher rate. But you know, maybe that's what, isn't this what like morality is all about? Is this? I mean, I'm not even sure. These women have kids that they're trying to save, probably from no education or poor medical conditions. I mean, in a way we could, we could say we're helping them. We're giving them better jobs. We could say that. Maybe that's just a nice thing that we're telling ourselves. I mean, how do you think these other people, how do they justify it? I mean, just because they're doing it, we should do it. Okay. That's it. We are now, that's the end of our role play. And we are back to being uh, Hody and Michelle. I think it's also important that we're not drawing an exact parallel. The parallel that we're kind of setting up is not that uh, it was wrong for Avraham to have a concubine, because that was certainly what was done back in the ancient uh, Middle East. But what was wrong was the way they treated Hagar, who was pregnant with Avraham's child. And even if she wasn't uh, behaving nicely, she was a human being who mm-hmm. had served a role from that for them, and they were now just 
ostracizing without any kind of compensation or protection. Yes, right. And we're certainly also not saying that uh, that Avraham and Sarah were unethical people. But in this episode that we described, even many mafarshi, many commentators uh, critique them. And uh, Ramban calls uh, Sarah uh, a sinner. So what causes us, you know, sort of zooming out, what causes us to treat those who have less power than us um, poorly, if they have less social standing? Why, how can we convince ourselves that, you know, it's okay to exploit or treat them less well? Right. So like going back to our modern example of treating these women who are dependent uh, in a way that is less fair than um, the government, let's say, minimum wage accounts mm-hmm. for. Right. Well, I think there's a lot of reasons. I mean, one is that a lot of people just want to get away with whatever they can. If you can pay less money and get, quote, a good deal, and you can make some kind of flimsy justification that you're helping these people out, that their situation back home is even worse without your help, that's the kind of thing that has led to exploitation. So you essentially convince yourself that, in fact, you are doing a moral thing. You don't, you don't say, I'm doing an immoral thing, but whatever. You say, no, no, actually, this is, this is okay. That's right. I also think that sometimes it's it, people who feel insecure, who feel like less than themselves, shore up their fragile self-esteem by belittling somebody else. And might this explain why, in our ancient example, why Sarah hates Hagar? Yeah, yeah. She is older, she is childless, and this woman who she brought in, after all, this was her idea, has now trounced her, mm-hmm. has now really um, scaring Sarah. Her social and familial position is threatened. Not only is Sarah perhaps thinking that her neighbors or those around her are viewing her poorly now because she's she's been demoted. She's no longer the favorite wife. But Hagar, her former maidservant, now also is looking at her with uh, with, right. with you know less esteem. That's right. So not only are Sarah's peer group, her family, her kin, her social group, looking at her, her maidservant now treats her with less respect. But let's talk about what happens to the other person in such a dyad. What's Hagar feeling? What's the range? What is? What are the babysitters? The the um, what are the baby nurses from our agency feeling? That's right. So, first of all, it's important to recognize that in both of our stories, we're talking about people who are outsiders, who have less power, right? Coming into the to the exploitative situation, they they are they are other. That's right, and it's so striking because they're invited into the most intimate nucleus of the family, which is true of the baby nurses as well. That's correct. You're taking somebody who is dependent, who is possibly somewhat desperate, and entrusting them with the most precious thing that you have. Your children. Your child, right. Your completely vulnerable little baby. And yet with that implicit trust by, in our example, not paying them well, and perhaps through that not giving them uh, uh, much accountability or not giving the employers much accountability, you are showing that you actually don't think they're important. And presumably that is noticed and causes pain. Right. Which is not to say that these women don't take good care of the babies, but they must be feeling some degree of resentment, some degree possibly of jealousy, and even some degree of hatred. So going back to our role play, it looks like 
our couple is kind of on the right track. Why is that? Because they're talking about the issues. They are listening to each other and they're really exploring, parsing the different dimensions of what it means to hire somebody, what is fair labor, what's the right way to go about having somebody work for you. And I think critically, David is not afraid to ask the moral question. So when they both get excited about the uh, this possibility, and then David says, wait a minute, let's step back for a second. Is this moral? And he, he brings that to his wife. Right. So maybe one of the beauties of the text, actually, is to show us that that could have happened. With Avram and Sarah. Yeah, but it didn't. Right, because Avram says, something along those lines. And, and Honey, do what you want. Exactly. Do what, what seems right to you. And that was a, an opportunity for Avraham to say to, to Sarah, you know, wait a minute, maybe this isn't quite right. Uh, can we talk this through? Right. And, and the outcome might have, been, might have been different. I'd just like to end by quoting Radak, a 12th century commentator, who, who basically says that this story is preserved in the Torah for the Dorots that are coming, that the future generations, to teach a moral ethical lesson not to indulge in injustice. And I think that is a message we should take to heart as we read this this week. And when we read throughout the rest of the Torah, the injunction that comes more than any other mitzvah in the Torah, what is that? The Ahavta et Hager. That's right. The Ahavta et Hager. You should love the stranger unvocalized or unvowelized uh, uh, rather, the word hager is the same as hagar. And I think perhaps there's a hidden message there of the Torah saying, we messed up and the way that we repair this breach of kicking hagar out of the house and treating her poorly is to love the ultimate stranger in our midst. Shabbat Shalom.